Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Youngest in charge, movement, Linnell Willingham riding with you till 10 o'clock here on this Friday night edition of Overtime. Right now, we'll continue our conversation about the Washington Commanders. Joining us right now on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today. Is Commanders beat writer for the Washington Post, slinging Sam Fortier. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sam Fortier. What's going on, Sam? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you having me. How are you? I'm good. Do, do you like the nickname I've dubbed for you? You're the only one on the beat that I've got a nickname for at this point. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I like this one. I think I think you might be the only the only guy in town who has a nickname for me. So I, I appreciate <laughs> the thought. Well, look, man, you do excellent work, so got to have you on here. Huge game Sunday night uh, against the New York football Giants. Playoff atmosphere expected at FedEx Field. Sunday night football, you'll be the only nationally uh, televised game on at that time. Uh, what's the mindset of the guys going into this one? Yeah, I, I think anytime you're on this big a stage with this big of, uh, of uh, you know stakes at play here, like the guys are, are going to be fired up, right? Like, if you want to pay attention to the 538 models, like if they win this game, they have a 90% chance to make the playoffs. If they lose this game, that dips down to about 40%, a little bit higher because the Seahawks lost last night. But, I mean, this is a massive game. Ron Rivera calls it a playoff atmosphere. Uh, I think that they know how much is at stake come Sunday night. Yeah, you mentioned the playoff atmosphere. If it was a playoff game, do you think the injury situation for Washington would be treated uh, any differently. Obviously, Benjamin St. Juice nicked up with his ankle injury, Chase Young, and uh, us ever waiting his return from knee surgery. Uh, what's your gut feel on what, who plays and who doesn't on Sunday night? Uh, I gave up Chase Young predictions about <laughs> three weeks ago, four weeks ago, so I'm, I'm not going to have a shot at that one. I'm just going to say that Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio have been about as uh, steady as they've been with Chase Young in terms of them talking about it. Jack said yesterday he's not getting into a percent chance of him playing. He'll leave that to, to Ron. But, I mean, these guys have sounded the same. So whether you think, oh, right. maybe it's this week or, or does this mean you know, he's not going to play, that, that's up to you to decide. But Benjamin St. Juice, uh, I'm a little skeptical of that. Ron didn't seem super optimistic today. Um, dealing with the ankle injury, that is a big deal because that means you're going to have to put Christian Holmes back on the outside who you benched or you're going to have to go with Danny Johnson, um, you know, maybe in the, in the slot. So I think, I think that's going to be a really big um, challenge to, to fill that role. Uh, and as you saw, you know, last time they gave up an explosive. So are they going to be more consistent on the outside um, against Daniel Jones and, and this good Giants offense? 
Yeah, you mentioned Daniel Jones in this Giants offense. For some reason, Washington, uh, ever since Daniel Jones has entered the league, uh, has struggled to keep him contained. Ron Rivera, I believe, a week ago uh, said how important it was to stop them from having success with the quarterback runs in the beginning of the game uh, so they can't rely on it late. Uh, Do you think that there's anything they can do specifically from a schematic standpoint uh, to help them out with that, or is it just about executing? Well, I mean, this is a, an interesting question because to me it kind of is, is like basically the thing that you want to know, it sounds like, is should they use a spy or not? Right. And, like, I think that's a really interesting debate. I, I talked about this with B. Mitch a couple, you know, a couple days ago, and he said he would use it situationally, you know, maybe like third and medium and in some of those situations where if he, you know, breaks contain, he can, he can convert a, a really big play. And Ron Rivera pointed out that we asked him, hey, should they use a spy? And he went out of his way to say, if you're using five down linemen, which Washington did plenty against the Giants, you shouldn't have to. Right. Because, you know, that should be your plus one is those five linemen, and they should be able to contain the pocket um, and get him to the ground, you know, or, or at least not be able to escape the pocket. So the thing that, that sticks out to me is on that big run that he had last week, John Bostic, you know, as Daniel Jones is rolling out to his right, John Bostic got a little bit aggressive, and, and he kind of over-pursued and ultimately created this big hole that Daniel Jones was able to exploit for, you know, 40-something yards or 30-something yards. And so that is the thing that you can't do. You have to be disciplined. And, and I mean, Daniel Jones, I believe, is fifth in the NFL right now in terms of yards per carry at, like, That's six insane. something. So this dude, this dude can hurt you. Right. So, like, you have to play more disciplined against him. And I'm saying not is necessarily that a spy, but if you are in a zone in pass coverage – don't get out of that just because Daniel Jones is getting out of the pocket. Yeah, you would assume, though, Sam, based on the way the schedule broke down for Washington, they've had extra time to prepare for Daniel Jones. So I'm sure, you know, constructing a game plan and a defense specific uh, to his skill set what was the topic of conversation for them during the bye week. I want to flip things over to the offensive side of the football. Uh, they got some a couple of injuries up front as well. Uh, it was announced that Wes Schweitzer going to get the start at center. Is that just a, a scenario of Washington wanting to have their best five offensive linemen out there? And then from your vantage point, what's the, what was the difference between a Wes Schweitzer out there at center compared to Nick Martin? Yeah, I think they like Wes Schweitzer's aggressiveness, his size, his physicality. I think Nick Martin is maybe a little bit more of a of a drop back, you know, a, a pass protecting center. And right. when you're running the ball like they are right now, especially when you're running duo and some of those more physical, you know, reach block type runs, like you, you want a guy that's a mauler like Schweitzer in there. And I do think that like the, a part of this is on Taylor too. Don't get me wrong, but I think the offensive line has to be on point with their communication, especially against. Yeah a very aggressive, blitz-happy, man-coverage-heavy defense like the Giants. So it's going to be a really big test of Schweitzer. Can he communicate down the line? Is Trey Turner or Sam Cosme going to be at right guard? If Trey Turner is back to play right guard, is Sam Cosme then rotating at right tackle with Cornelius Lucas? I mean, the line is in flux right now, and it's going to be a really big challenge for Schweitzer to get everybody on the same page on every play because we saw last week the Giants are going to bring some pressure. Yeah, keeping the conversation on this offense, Sam, I felt like the first meeting against the Giants really was the first time all season we've seen them have that much success in the passing game and the running game. That was the first time all year where they threw for over 270 yards and rushed for over a buck 50, but it only ends up in 20 points. Uh, the red zone woes have been well documented for this football team, Sam. Do you think it's just a matter of execution, or, or can they do something differently from a schematic standpoint to create some more advantageous matchups? 
So, I mean, Terry and Ron have basically said that they think the red zone blows are about taking negative plays on first down and, and first and second down. And then when you do that and you have a rushing base attack, you can't, you know, obviously stick to it. I think a part of it personally is, is Taylor's arm strength. When those windows get tight down there, yeah. um, I think that hurts. I think a part of it is his accuracy as well. You saw if he could have hit Logan Thomas for that big go-ahead touch, yeah. you know, for that big two-score touchdown, and he doesn't do it. And they have to kick a field goal, and then all of a sudden the Giants are back in it. So, I, I think that it's a combination of factors, but if they're going to be better, I think it starts with, with, with Taylor Heineke personally, and I think that um, presenting the threat of a pass and forcing defenses to respect that um, is a really big part of it. Sam, a little bit more on the offense here. Something I noticed in the first matchup uh, against the Giants, they went with a lot of max protection looks and, and some of these three-man route concepts. Is that a lack of confidence in Scott Turner and his five up front, or or what do you what do you attribute that to? I think it's it's partly that. I think it's partly um, you know the, the Taylor Heineke and being able to set the protections and and you know getting the ball out on time against uh, uh, you know a very aggressive defense. I think a part of it's you know a respect factor with their defensive coordinator yeah. and knowing that that he's going to dial it up. And I think the uh, you know the run game is always important to this Commanders offense, obviously. But I think a really key part of this is when they are blitzing, when they are, you know, uh, playing single high man coverage looks like somebody's getting one on ones and somebody's got to win. You know, Jahan yeah. Dotson, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Angle, those guys have to get open fast. And I think that you're going to see more quick game and you're going to see them try to rely on Taylor a little bit more as a passer. Not necessarily downfield, not necessarily on, you know, throwing a post route or anything, but I think you're going to see them say, hey, we got to get the ball to our playmakers and they got to be able to make some plays. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, man. Like I said, offensively, it feels like in that first Giants meeting, you saw them start to turn a corner. They're moving the ball really well in between the 20s. Like you said, though, it's about figuring out uh, that red zone efficiency. Flip things over to the defensive side of the football, man. You had a killer piece uh, in the Washington Post this week about Jamin Davis and how he's been able to fully grasp what he's doing defensively and how it's helped his play. Uh, break that, what you wrote down, uh, in, in a little bit more into detail here, because I thought you did a really nice job. Well, I appreciate you bringing that up, man. And, and it was, you know, I got to watch film with Ron and Jamin, because, you know, Jamin, they've shown a lot of trust in Jamin, right? Like, yeah. after Cole got hurt, they, ba- they basically moved him from, from Will, which is his natural position, to, to Mike. And they've said, hey, we're, we're going to put more on you. Then in week 10, they said, hey, we're giving you the green dot, which means he's setting the front, he's calling the plays, he's talking with Jack Del Rio. You know, th- th- that is a lot of responsibility for a guy that at the end of last year looked really lost. Yeah. And there's a lot of factors at play for his development, one of them being, you know, uh, you know like the front is, a much, is much more disciplined this year, which allows him to fit at his gaps and, and not, you know, I guess get confused or, or – you know, be thrown off because all of a sudden, you know, the guy in front of him is freelancing. So that's a part of it. But another part of it is his personal development, his, you know, improved study, his ability to identify plays before. You saw him really struggle, I think, last year to adapt to the NFL. You know, when people are using so much motion and they're, you know, you know getting in tons of personnel looks and or personnel groupings and, and different formations and, and presenting so much, uh, you know, so much that'll challenge your eye discipline he wasn't able to process fast. So he was doing it after the play, which made him late and slow. This year, you've seen him be able to pick up a lot better on the context clues, down and distance, field position, things like that. And he's really taken even an advanced step in able to, to identify plays and get there, you know, make plays and, and play fast. Um, he was telling me against, you know, against the Giants two weeks ago that Cole Holcomb basically was like, hey, you know, look at this, this left guard, when he's playing light on his hand, 
he might pull around. And in this situation, James going, okay, they're near midfield. It's second and short. They might run the ball here. So he was able to get into his gap and, and make his run fit right. And, obviously, you know, there were some other things in the play that didn't allow them um, to make the play as, as soon as they would like to give up a five-yard right. run. But Jamin did exactly his assignment, and that is a lot of progress from, from last year. Joining us right now, talking Washington Commanders on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today is Commanders Insider Sam Fortier. You can follow him on Twitter at Sam4TR. Sam, let's look big picture here for a second, right? Four games left to go in this season. How much do you think that the finish uh, for the 2022 Washington Commanders has to do with their plans this offseason? In, in what sense? Um, quarterback specifically. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I mean, personally, man, I, I don't think how they finish this season uh, will impact that at all because I think that the right. only chance they have for the franchise quarterback to be on this roster is Sam Howell. Personally, yeah. I mean, they saw they saw Taylor Heineke for 15 games last year, and they were like, nah, we're good. We're, we're going to go get somebody else. And then the guy that they brought in wasn't great in his six games, got hurt. I, I don't think you can guarantee the amount of money that, that he is um, due to get next year unless you're incredibly confident. And I, don't, I, I, I would be very surprised that if you're letting Taylor play over him, that, that you would want to go back to him. So right. to me – you are in the same place you were at the previous offseason unless you think Sam Howell is that dude. And, like, I think there's not been a good indication of whether he is or not. I, I think that a fifth-round pick becoming that guy is, is always a long shot. But, I mean, this is why I think maybe the most important thing is for them to know. If they can get – obviously, you want to make the playoffs. It's very important for Ron to take his step forward. But if you can get locked into the six or seven seed and then week 18 against Dallas, you're like, hey, we can get Sam Howell out there. Wow. And I'm not saying four quarters. Yeah. I'm not saying Sam Howell for four quarters is like, you know, the end-all, be-all of his evaluation. But I think they would love to just get a sense of where he is at against an NFL defense. Um, so I think the end of the season, that would be the only thing that would affect their quarterback search in the offseason. I want to stick on Sam Howell here for a second because I think the casual fan might underestimate how important this eight-week stretch has been for him. While obviously we've been all engulfed in the win streak and then beating Philly on Monday night, he's been able to serve as the primary backup to Taylor Heineke during this time. Uh, What are some of the things that he's been able to learn during that time period and how important do you think it is for him to get those reps? Oh, dude, I mean, when you are being the backup and you're getting the reps that, that you normally wouldn't get during the season as the number three, like that is a, a huge ta- – I think Taylor used the word huge to describe how important those backup reps are. Yeah. And so um, for, for Sam Howell's development, particularly coming from college, coming from a, a pretty simple air raid offense to a timing offense now where he has to uh, you know, sync his, his drops and his hitches to the routes of the receivers and, and to do it consistently. You know, Ron talked about this today. He said, hey, look, like Sam Howell has made a lot of progress, but he's got to do it consistently. He can't right. get lazy. You know, if he's in gun, he can't just say, hey, I'm not taking my three steps because the steps are so intricately tied to the rhythm of the route. And so, um, you know, I think they like the progress that they've seen from him, but they need it to be way more consistent. All right, man. Look, I'll put you on the hot seat before I let you out of here. Sunday night football, under the lights, at FedEx Field, nationally televised game. Do you think you think the Burgundy and Gold get it done, Sammy? I do, but I also thought that two weeks ago. You know what I mean? And <laughs> right. 
Ron actually talked about this today. He said, uh, you know, people could see this as a trap game because people always say, you guys are favored, you're at home, you got the juice, they're playing poorly, they have injuries. Um, Yeah, I I think that, like, I I think that all that's correct. I really have to think that Washington is going to come out on top here. And the number one thing is, last two weeks ago, in that game, the Giants had Fabian Moreau (laughs) and the man with Terry McLaurin. Fabian Moreau would probably be on Washington's practice squad, and they did not take advantage of that matchup enough. And so, to me, Washington has more talent. uh, They're playing better. And so, even though they have some injury concerns of their own, they have to get this done. If they don't get this done, I think that would be a real setback, a real indictment of the unsustainability of their process during this winning streak. Yeah. All right, man. Look, enjoy your Friday night. Look forward to talking to you next week, and hopefully it's about the 8-5-1 and one Washington Commanders. Appreciate you giving me some time, my man. Of course, you know. I appreciate you having me, my man. All right. That's slinging Sammy Fortier, Commanders beat writer for the Washington Post. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, at Sam4TR. Plenty of good nuggets for my conversation with Sam Fortier, and something I want to hone in on a little bit during the conversation with Sam is – he got into more depth and detail about the growth and maturation process of Jamin Davis. That's something that I listed as one of my biggest surprises during this six, one and one stretch, just how much more responsibility uh, they've put on the second year linebackers plate. And a lot of the times with young players, when you have, when you give them more responsibility, sometimes it's rather to figure out they're, if they're going to sink or swim. And I think in this scenario and situation, uh, Jamin Davis clearly swimming, and he's swimming his way all the way to the commanders, having a top-five defense right now. Heading into Sunday Night Football, he is going to be one of the key contributors for this football team and whether or not they're able to shut down Daniel Jones uh, in Saquon Barkley. We've got to take a pause in the action when we come back to my staple that I like to do on the Burgundy and Gold today, weekdays 12-3 to 3 over on the Team 980. My key commanders, the three commanders that must play their absolute best in order for Washington to have a chance Sunday night against the Giants is the fan. ...to really come out and show us exactly who the hell they are. I mean, I really am. I feel like... I feel like Sunday is more than just improving your playoff standings. Sunday is more than just continuing to keep hope alive that you'll get into the big dance, so to speak. Sunday, Sunday is about showing the National Football League who the hell you are. Are you for real or not? Right? You're 7-5-1, and one, holding down the sixth seed in the NFC playoffs, and it all sets up for Sunday night's huge matchup with the New York Giants. The formula for Washington the rest of the way is pretty damn simple. You win and you're in. And as we all know, that is a great spot to be in come mid to late December, especially considering the way this team started the season at 1-4. and four. You're 6-1-1 in your last eight games, and they're rolling right now. But let me make one thing very clear to you all. And really, it's my personal message to Ron Rivera and the players. Don't be like your predecessors, right? Don't be like the teams 
in years prior. What do I mean by that? Don't crumble in the face of prosperity. Because let's be honest, since I've been born, that's what this team tends to do. And right now, this team is potentially on the brink of something special. Don't screw it up. That's it. That's it. That's all. That's my message. Don't screw it up. You are in complete control of your own destiny. Four games left. You went out. You get in. That should be the mindset. That should be the focus heading in to Sunday night. And then for the remaining three games, damn going one and three over these next four games. Damn going two and two over these next four games. Hell, damn going three and one over these next four games. I want them all. Show me who you are. Show the world who you are. Nationally televised game. Sunday night football, they flexed you into this spot in front of your home crowd. Show people this isn't a fluke. Because guess what? Despite what you've done over the past eight weeks, nobody nationally is buying the Washington Commanders. Straight up. No one gives a damn that you've gone 6-1-1 over your last eight games. Because you know what everyone tends to say? Well, who'd you beat? You beat Philadelphia. Yes, they were undefeated at the time. But have you seen what the Eagles have done since that game? Have you seen how Philadelphia's conducted business since that game? Clearly, the Washington Commanders woke up a sleeping giant in the Philadelphia Eagles and made them say, hey, look, Art, don't stink. Right? So if you're Washington, like I said, nobody nationally is buying you. The rest of the league sees this team as nothing more than a feel-good story led by a quarterback who was sleeping on his sister's couch a year ago, led by a head coach whose group looks at people. Nationally, people look at this team as a nothing but a feel-good story. Did you just dump that? (laughs) Why'd you dump that? Okay, I got you. But look, it is what it is. Have I lied about anything that I've said thus far? I mean, it is what it is. Nationally, you don't have respect. Sunday night, you got the opportunity to show this isn't some flash in the pan. National stage, prime time, what else could you want? The message is simple. Handle your damn business. And show the rest of the country you're a legit contender because guess what? Guess what? For the first time in a long time here locally, people are behind this team. It is real. There's a momentum. There's a swagger. There's an energy. There's a buzz in this town that I haven't felt in a while. It's been almost since 2012. 2016, division title with Kirk Cousins. It's been a while since we were actually confident in this group, not just to make the postseason, but to potentially win a game in the playoffs. Show the rest of the world you're a legit contender and that you're not just some six-seed Cinderella story. I've been singing the praises of this defense because they deserve it. But Sunday night, Sunday night, you must dominate. It's on you. 
guess what? You can't lose if you don't give up points. Everyone's flavor of the week right now is the San Francisco 49ers. That's the team everyone's supposed to be so damn scared of, led by Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy and their number one defense. That's all you want, right? You can't cut the damn TV on without hearing how good the San Francisco 49ers are. What about us? This defense hasn't given up 21 points in nine straight weeks. We have the best interior defensive line duo in all of football, yet I can't stop hearing about the San Francisco 49ers. I can't wait till Christmas Eve. Are you kidding me? It's hard because I want to look past the Giants because they stink. I'm not concerned with the Giants. You tied with them, and you got lucky to do that. Hopefully, hopefully Sunday night you come with your A game and you don't toy around with the Giants for four quarters because you'll mess around and lose. But hopefully, hopefully the team and this, the mentality of this team is stronger than that. Because like I said, right now, I think Washington should be receiving the praise that San Francisco is receiving. San Francisco's won seven straight games. Guess what? Washington's 6-1-1 one, and one in their last eight games. Why aren't we on NFL Live being talked about? Why isn't Ron Rivera on the Rich Eisen show? Why isn't Taylor Heineke doing press run? I want answers. I'm tired of the national love that this team's not receiving. What more do they have to do? Everyone wants to talk about the guy who's not playing. No offense to Chase Young. The hell with Chase Young. What about this running back disproving that he's one of the premier bell cow backs in this league? What about our Pro Bowl wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, that's playing like a damn all-pro no matter who the hell's under center? What about that? What about this defensive line duo that's wreaking havoc? It's X-rated out there when the Washington Commanders are on defense. They get nasty. And I'm at the point right now where Sunday night, there is no more excuses. There is no going back. There is no tomorrow. Win or go home. I said it before. I don't want one and three down the stretch. I don't want two and two down the stretch. Hell, I don't want three and one down the stretch. Win them all. Leave no doubt that you are who everyone here locally thinks you are. And then guess what? You handle your business. You handle your business Sunday night. And then you go get to be Cali cool on Christmas Eve. And you get to punch the damn San Francisco 49ers in the mouth. I can't wait. I just completely went off on a tangent there because I, I'm ready. I swear I would run through a wall right now for this group. I swear I would. We got to pay some bills when we come back. We'll pick the rest of the games on the Week 15 slate in the National Football League. Miami-Buffalo, Detroit-New York, Dallas-Jacksonville. Plenty of big-time games on the Week 15 slate. We'll pick them all next. This is the fan. Now that I got that off my chest, woo! Youngest in charge, moving Liddell Willingham, riding with the till 10 o'clock here on this funky Friday night edition of Overtime. It's time to pick some games. Week 15, huge, huge implications across the National Football League in the entire Week 15 slate. While we got a chance here, 
go ahead and pick some of these games this weekend because I am super, super steamed up uh, to see what eventually happens this week. Playoff implications galore throughout the schedule. I want to start off with Colts and Vikings. Colts on the road, 4-8-1, taking on the Minnesota Vikings. The Colts are 4-8-1. Who do the Colts tie with? Am I missing this? Who do the Colts tie with? I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, who did the, who did the Colts tie with? Oh, it wasn't the Commanders. It wasn't we the... We looked up on them. Yeah, we definitely did. It wasn't the Manders. I, I don't know. But look, we're not going to spend too much time on this game because the Colts stink. The Vikings are trying to prove that they're not a fraud. Give me Minnesota at home with the points. Right now, they're three-and-a-half-point favorites via our friends uh, at the FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm going to roll with the Vikings and the points. I, I like the Vikings this Sunday over the Colts. Ravens and Browns, huge game uh, in the AFC North. Lamar Jackson going to miss his second straight game with that PCL sprain. First home game for Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. Hopefully that crowd over at First Energy Stadium can provide some sort of boost for this Cleveland Browns offense. Deshaun Watson, since returning to the lineup, one touchdown, two interceptions, and completing just 59% of his passes. The Ravens are desperate right now. They got a tough win last weekend on the road. They had to go to Anthony Brown, their third-string quarterback. Tyler Huntley, fortunately for them, was able to clear uh, the NFL's concussion protocols, and he will be available and ready to go Sunday. So I'm going to go with Baltimore. I just think... They're the more desperate team. They have a lot more to play for. Cleveland going in three-point favorites at home uh, in division. I think Baltimore rises to the occasion. They're trying to fight for that uh, AFC North crown, and they got to keep pace with the Cincinnati Bengals. My favorite game of the Saturday slate, Dolphins and Bills, and that one's going to be in Buffalo. Weather projections right now expected to be about 32 degrees around kickoff time. Bills currently seven-point favorites. The big storyline for this one, the Miami Dolphins coming all the way from Miami to cold Buffalo. Burr. Right? Head coach Mike McDaniel, not too worried about how the elements are going to affect his team. Um, zero monitoring for myself. Like, I, um, I don't know. You guys uh, live here. Um, how much do you hold your breath on forecasts a week out here? I, I mean, weather. I mean, weather changes. Uh, I, I think you expect it to be um, as cold, and you know, it could be five foot of snow. I, you, you know that the elements um, are going to be different than uh, you know what we're in right now. Um, talk about room temperature, and the biggest thing is, like, yeah, you you do adjust um, a hair. You know, we won't be outside and. Um, you know, you do it, but you don't really prepare for it, um, besides mentally deciding if it's going to matter to you or not. Yeah. And that's the big thing. Is it going to matter to you or not? That reminds me of my high school coach, Ray Fowl. It's a mindset was his adage and his phrase. When you talk about weather and how it would affect the game, this is a really huge showdown, uh, huge playoff implications for both teams. Miami reeling right now, losers of two straight. Everyone's ready to put a fork in the Dolphins. I'm not. I think they get it done this weekend on the road against the Buffalo Bills, and here's why. Mike McDaniel comes from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. They want to run the heck out of the football. I think 
for the first time all year, we're going to see just how tough the Miami Dolphins are. Buffalo, seven-point favorites at home against Miami FanDuel. Clearly tripping. Give me Miami. Money line. And, of course, if you're not feeling frisky enough to take the money line, take the seven points. It's a gimme. We move to the Sunday slate. The Philadelphia Eagles with their 12 and commanders record. I call them, they're not 12 and one, they're 12 and commanders, right? The commanders, the only blemish on the Eagles record right now. They're six and zero on the road. They're taking on Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. They are on the road. They do win that football game, I think. FanDuel's got them listed as nine point favorites. Give me all nine of the points. Justin Fields has been a feel good story, but I don't think he's feeling good enough to beat this Philadelphia Eagles defense. Falcons and Saints, another huge game. Don't look now, folks. The 2022 NFC South is very representative of the 2020 NFC East. Right now, the 5-8 and eight Falcons, pretty much a game back of Tampa Bay for number one in the NFC South. The Saints, mathematically speaking, their playoff hopes very much alive and well. I'm going to go with Atlanta. I think it's the first career start for rookie quarterback Desmond Ritter. That has a lot of intrigue for me. New Orleans currently listed as four-point favorites. One of my slam dunk bets of the weekend. Give me the Falcons. Lions and Jets, one of my favorite matchups uh, of the weekend. Obviously, the big news that we found out today, Jets quarterback Mike White, who started the last three games for this team after the benching of Zach Wilson, he got split in half Sunday by Matt Milano for the Bills. He's not going to play this weekend, and Old Robert Salah, going back to former number two overall pick, the Brat, Zach Wilson. He had this to say about returning to the lineup. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I don't know if it's one specific thing, but just trying to be a quarterback. You know, my focus has just been what's the best decision I can make for this team um, each and every play. You know, that's the mindset going into each play. And so um, just going out there and, and just doing my best. I'm not going to lie, Zach. It's going to be tough sledding for you. The Lions are rolling right now, but defensively, we know they can be had. Not a good group. In the secondary, Aiden Hutchinson right now trying to rival Sauce Gardner for Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think the Jets come crashing back down to earth here. I, I ultimately think they don't make the playoffs. I do think the Lions end up making the playoffs. Jared Goff playing out of his damn mind right now. Shout out to Jared Goff. I mean, he's doing things that we didn't expect him to do. I believe, and I got I to gotta fact check this. He is the third fastest quarterback to reach his career yardage mark that he's at right now, Stallion? Uh, yes, that is correct on that. You know, Jared Goff has just been a slept-on quarterback his entire career. <laughs> I try to you. tell everyone. I know. I was about to say, but I know this is your guy, but I truly do love what they're doing. Uh, they got a balanced attack. This offensive line is big, physical, and nasty. The Jets want to get after the quarterback. I think it's going to be a tough matchup. Quinnen Williams expected to miss this one with the knee injury. Give me, Dan Campbell, and the Lions. The next game on the slate has no type of playoff implications unless you think the Panthers can come out of that NFC South. We mentioned how horrendous that division has been. Tom Brady and company can't get it going. Panthers coming off a huge win on the road last week against the Seattle Seahawks. I think they get it done. It'll either be Mitchell Trubisky or Mason Rudolph under center for Pittsburgh this week. And if you saw Money Making Mitch last week, holy cannoli. Three interceptions. Two of those picks came in plus territory. So clearly Mike Tomlin ain't having none of that. I think the Panthers get it done. They are making a push here to potentially 
potentially, maybe, win the NFC South under interim coach Steve Wilkes. It takes us to 1 o'clock, TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida. The 5-8 and eight Jaguars coming off a big win last weekend against the Tennessee Titans. They play host to Defensive Player of the Year frontrunner Micah Parsons and the Dallas Cowboys. Look, after last week's win, the Jacksonville Jaguars' playoff hopes very much alive, and second-year quarterback Trevor Lawrence knows just that. Yeah, I mean, just like I said, where we're at in our season, I think it's uh, we all understand how, how important this game is. And, um, I mean, that's every game's important, but especially with where we're at. And like we talked about a few weeks ago, kind of the situation we put ourselves in with some of those losses early. It's just where we're at, you know, backs up against the wall and we got to we got to fight our way out. And, you know, I think we got the perfect group to do it. So we understand how big this game is and every game moving forward. This stretch is is huge. So we got a great opportunity. That's Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence talking to the Jacksonville media uh, earlier this week. The Dallas Cowboys four point road favorites via our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook. This one's tough for me. The Dallas Cowboys have played and flirted with playing down to their competition here in the last couple of weeks. We almost saw them lose to Chicago a couple of weeks ago. It took a last-second drive last weekend against Houston. I think this is the weekend that it catches up to the Dallas Cowboys. The Jaguars are hungry, right? They feel like everything that they want is right in front of them. Trevor Lawrence starting to come into his own. There's a belief in that building and with Doug Peterson selling. I'm buying the Jaguars this weekend, man. Money line. Give me the Jaguars at home over the Cowboys. I think they make it interesting. If you guys are fans of the overtime program, if you go all the way back to week number one, Thursday night football, the debut game of the 2022 regular season, your boy, I predicted the Jacksonville Jaguars to win the AFC South. I'm sticking with that. Give me the Jags at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Chiefs, Texans, Patrick Mahomes versus Davis Mills. Next, Cardinals, Broncos. This is an interesting situation. Russell Wilson did clear the concussion protocol earlier this afternoon, but according to reports, he's still not going to play. And Russell Wilson apparently was not too fond of the decision. Uh, We'll get some more information on that as it becomes available to us. But, yeah, two teams going nowhere fast. The Cardinals lost Kyler Murray on Monday Night Football. The Broncos stink. They could see the debut of pass rusher Randy Gregory this weekend. Uh, He's missed every game outside of week one. He's been dealing with a shoulder injury. That one interesting. Denver, one-and-a-half-point favorites. The under over-under in this game is 36-and-a-half. Holy cow. Give me the Cardinals. Colt McCoy and the Cardinals, I like that. Raiders, Patriots, two teams right now. The Patriots try to fight for their playoff lives and keep up in that AFC race. The Raiders are put a fork in them. I think they stink. It's the Josh McDaniels revenge game, though. Right now, the Patriots can't get it figured out offensively. Their former offensive coordinator is now leading the Raiders. Raiders one-point favorites at home. Give me the Raiders, man. The Raiders. I'm taking them at home against the New England Patriots. One of my other favorite games of the weekend, Titans and Chargers. Two teams right now. The Chargers currently on the outside looking in in the AFC playoff picture. The Titans holding on to the lead in that AFC South by a thread at 7-6. and six. The Jaguars hot on their tails at 5-6. and six. At 5-8, and eight, excuse me. I think this is a game both teams must have. But I'm more confident in the Chargers getting this one done. Here is um, the thing for me. I really feel like 
moving forward, San Diego, excuse me, L.A., Justin Herbert versus Tannehill. Before the injury situation hit this group, we all had them making the postseason. I think we got to think that's the case. Now, here's Brandon Staley talk about the importance of this one. Yeah, there's a lot of good things. You know, we looked at that tape uh, in the first half. We did a lot of things really well. You know, we were running the football. We were efficient in the pass game. Um, we strung together drives. We were able to move the ball efficiently, get points. Um, this is clearly not Brandon Staley. I messed up. This is Ryan Tannehill talking about the importance of eliminating turnovers. He had three in the first half last weekend against the Titans. Yeah, there's a lot of good things. You know, we looked at that tape uh, in the first half. We did a lot of things really well. You know, we were running the football. We were efficient in the pass game. Um, we strung together drives. We were able to move the ball efficiently, get points. Um, you know, got points on the first drive, had the hiccup in the second drive, went down and got another touchdown, you know, the third drive. So um, we were moving the ball again before we had another turnover. So before half, we were moving the ball efficiently in a two-minute, uh, right before half, we're inside scoring zone there, and, and the ball came out again. So uh, we're doing a lot of good things. Uh, ultimately, uh, what, what killed us was the turnover. That was Ryan Tannehill talking about the importance of eliminating turnovers. I think they turned the football over again. This Chargers team, desperate. They're in a situation right now. Their next loss pretty much eliminates them out of the AFC playoff picture. Uber competitive down the stretch for that group. Give me the Chargers at home. Bengals and Buccaneers, one of my favorite games on the docket uh, this weekend. I think it's a scenario in which we're going to see if Joe Burrow is who Joe Burrow says he is. Right now, the Bucks reeling. But defensively, we know they got a stellar group, and I'm sure they're going to be playing with a lot of emotion and energy after getting embarrassed last weekend at the hands of Brock Purdy. Um, right now, Cincinnati, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Here is Bucks head coach Todd Bowles on facing off against Joey Beansboro. I mean, I don't have all the adjectives that everybody said about him. He's great. He's poised in the pocket. He throws a great ball all over the field. He can throw it any angle. He can make any throw. Uh, he has some great receivers to throw to. Uh, he has a good understanding of the offense in the game. He can take advantage of what you're trying to give him. He can run the ball when he has to run the ball. Uh, he can throw people open. He can use his feet. I mean, he, he has a knack for the game. Certain guys, when they come out of college, that young have a knack for the game already. He has it. Wow. Yeah. Todd Bowles is the head coach right now who I feel like is not doing a whole lot of coaching. Uh, it seems like Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich are calling the shots over there in Tampa. This is a game right now, if you're the rest of the members of the AFC, of the NFC South, excuse me, you couldn't be more happy at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the red-hot Bengals at this point in time. When we come back, it's Nell's Super Six back, my top six teams across the National Football League. Don't go anywhere, this is the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.